0: Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today.
1: P.J. Walker led the Browns to a win over the 49ers. Yeah, this is not a drill. Also, what on earth is going on in Minnesota? And the Jets got in on the beating the unbeaten day. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today.
2: Searching all major sports. Found.
3: Let's start with the biggest story.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Without Deshaun Watson last week, the Browns looked dead in the water, which meant without their normal backup against the 49ers, Cleveland had no shot against the best team in the NFL, or one of them. But never never tell them the odds. They're like Han Solo. They (laughs) come back to beat the San Francisco 49ers 19-17 to on a Jake Moody missed field goal at the end of the game. They survive behind P.J. Walker, who did not exactly wrap himself in glory in this game. Jeff Lloyd from Locked On Browns, who always wraps himself in glory, joins us now. And and Jeff, this is a defense that played inspired football a week after we thought their defense might be able to carry them and couldn't. What was the difference this week?
3: Um, It's actually funny because one of the things I highlighted about this game is, you know, if you have a tough day against the San Francisco 49ers, you don't just lose a game. You usually get beat up. Um, But Christian McCaffrey left the field today. Debo Samuel left the field today. The Browns defense and obviously got a little, you know, a little chummy early in the day, obviously, before the game even started. And the Browns defense basically wanted to get the statement out there that, hey, we are still who we think we are, even though, hey, look, the offense is struggling. Obviously, you know, we're on our third quarterback in our our fifth game. Certainly not an ideal situation. But they went at them all day long. And keep in mind, you know, this was a game where Miles Garrett did not have a Miles Garrett-type day. Um, You know, I have two two, uh, encroachment penalties. Um, But I thought overall they were just hats to the football. And, you know, the Niners got their chunk plays, But there was, you know, first and 10, and then it was second and 10, or it was second and nine, a long nine. They grinded it out all day long. And one of the things that I also find impressive was they went at the receivers. Their coverage was great. This was probably the first time where Brock Purdy kind of looked a little ordinary because where he had to be kind of perfect on some of these balls – he wasn't, and I think because part of it is, is guys aren't just nearly as wide open as he has been used to. But they played 50 minutes, and then all of a sudden it got to 17-13. to 13. Then, you know, 17-16. You put all the pressure on Purdy. I don't know what San Francisco was thinking. You know, two and change to go. They basically come out, and what did they do? They threw three straight passes chewed no time off the clock. Browns did not use any other timeouts, put the Browns in a very advantageous situation. Obviously, the San Francisco 49ers offense perked up in that late seconds. And I sat there, watched it, and Peter, right in my head, I said, man, how many times have I said, oh, what a good effort today by the Cleveland Browns? And that ball usually goes through the uprights. But you know what? <laughs> Eventually, the breaks beat the boys, and that was the case today for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, Brock Purdy, 20, 12 of 27. With a touchdown and interception,
1: he averaged 4.6 yards per attempt in this game. He didn't just look average or pedestrian. He looked pretty bad for a lot of the day, and, and a lot of that had to do, you mentioned the coverage. I thought Jeremiah kormo was outstanding in this game. And so we saw this defense able to carry this team. If Deshaun Watson continues to miss games, and we don't know, it seemed like he was closer this week than he was last week, but we still don't know the status. This seems like it's going to be a dogfight in the AFC North the whole
3: way. How far can this defense take this Cleveland team? I think the key was, and look, the defense obviously did a really, really good job today. But a lot of the criticism Coach Stefanski received after the Baltimore Raven loss, and granted, look, DTR uh, di- doesn't have the NFL experience. P.J. Walker has some pretty good L- NFL experience. He you know, had a five-game run as a starter, of course. But a lot of the criticism coming out of that Raven game was that you know Coach Stefanski was not committing, didn't commit to the run. And, you know, Marlon Humphrey was just back. So trying to think he could throw the ball. And obviously, you know, they still have faith in their offensive line, even though they're not playing the capabilities that they have been playing in years past. But today, the commitment was there. They stuck with running the football. And even in the first half, Jerome Ford had some runs. And it was like, look, kid, you got to stop going east and west, man. This is the NFL. You know, you you were not you C.J. 2K. You, you cannot make these ad lib. Just find the hole. And then in the second half, he was getting in the hole and trusting himself more and running at full speed. And guess what? That's when you get your broken tackles. That's when all of a sudden a three yard runs become a seven yard run an eight yard run becomes a 14 yard run. Um, that's been the key is, you know, trying to stick with what they are on offense. And for me, and this is what I hate trying to tell all Browns fans is, look, if this is what the team can look like and play this hard, you know, Deshaun Watson at worst is better than this. He's at worst better than what DTR did against the Baltimore Ravens, which is why I think this team can still be a truly legit contender. Granted, everybody in the AFC North is kind of playing well. Cincinnati's kind of right in the shit now that Joe Burrow yeah. can move around a little bit. Pittsburgh is surprised, in my opinion, at three and two. Baltimore now at four and two. But I think you know we were getting the nervousness of, oh, man, did we just AFC West ourselves from 2022 with the AFC North? But I think for now you're starting to see the AFC North is real. The problem is, is they're going to face each other, and there's going to be weeks where maybe a question is brought up about one team because somebody got the better of them. But overall, you know, I, I have faith to where this product, you know, this product is, and I think you know, play uh, coach Stefanski. The play calling was fantastic today. There was an Joku screen that should have been a touchdown. Obviously, it was called back by a penalty. There was another one later that was called back by a penalty. Coach Stefanski takes a lot of heat. I, I can see some of it at times. I don't see. All of it. And of course, you know, fans are going to fan. We all know that. And hey, you 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 watch all the all you invest into it. You have every right to. But I think this team, you know, and as good as they were in 2020 and all the strides they made in a crazy, wacky pandemic year. Now it's the talent. And yes, did the coach have to rise to the talent? I think you're starting to see it today because he put together a really pretty good script today for a third string quarterback in P.J. Walker. Stay up to date all
1: year on the Cleveland Browns by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Browns on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports Today your first listen. Coming up, the Minnesota Vikings are one confusing football team right now. Before we get to why the Bills were presented with a cakewalk of a Sunday night game, what did they do with it? Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Now's the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. The Monday night game features the Cowboys licking their wounds and traveling to LA to face the Chargers. FanDuel likes the boys to bounce back. Chargers, one and a half point home underdogs in this one. You can also combine bets within the same game to make even more money. Same game parlays are a great way to enjoy any game. So go get your $200 back in bonus bets, win or lose. Visit FanDuel.com and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills faced a depleted New York Giants team at home on Sunday night. So, of course, things went smoothly, right?
4: 14-9 to 9 loss. And, yeah, I know I'm, I'm kind of, like, I guess resigned here because it's like it could have been 40-9 to 9 and it's, you know, a loss is a loss, as they say. But um, the Giants held the ball for 31 minutes, 24 seconds. They won the time of possession. They outgamed the Buffalo Bills 317-297. to 297, But... They were 0 for five in the red zone, 0 for three, and goal to goal. They had that botched play, which I still don't know what the heck happened on that botched play at the end of the first half. There were some communication issues. I mean, what's what's up with this offense, man? I said to my daughter, I said, I said, if they run the ball with. With eight seconds to go, and they don't make it, they're gonna they're, they're gonna miss their opportunity here because they can't get relined up. And she goes, "Are they gonna run the ball?" I go, "Yeah," and they ran the ball.
1: <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars won, going away against the Indianapolis Colts.
4: Hi, I'm Tony Wiggins with the Locked On Jaguars podcast. The Jacksonville Jaguars win
1: 37
4: to 20 at home versus the Indianapolis Colts on a day that saw them have the most balanced attack on offense, and once again, that stingy defense show up. It was really, for the most part, a complete game, with the exception of the fact that a little bit late in the game, things got a little bit sloppy, and then uh, a little bit of a scare. Even right now, we have to figure out what's going on with Trevor Lawrence and his lower leg. It looked like he was limping a little bit. They were getting a little bit of attention. But for the most part, this game was the... the, the typical blueprint game that you wanted to see from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Take advantage of mistakes. Get out in front and allow your defense to chase the quarterback for the other team. And that's exactly what happened. The Jags improved the four and two. You can catch me on the Locked On Jaguars
0: podcast where it's your team every day.
1: And the All-Texas ALCS got underway between the Astros and the Rangers.
0: Now, there are a lot of things that happened in this game. For a 2-0 game, it felt like it was incredibly eventful. And the thing that I had to start out with is Evan freaking Carter. Oh, my goodness. This kid is unreal. What this kid is doing at this level, at this stage, with his level of experience, just just a month ago. It was maybe less a little bit more than a month ago. He was called up to the big leagues for the first time, the little savior doing everything the Rangers have asked of him. And then some defensively, offensively on the base pass, in the locker room, in the media room, like whatever the Rangers are asking of this kid, he is delivering and over delivering and over delivering time and time again. And oh, by the way, yeah, he's just 21 years old. By the way, this was his first game against Houston Astros. Have yourself a freaking day. Have yourself a freaking day. Here is another story you need to know.
1: The Minnesota Vikings won what I suppose you could characterize as a football game in Chicago, 19-13. <laughs> to 13. Justin Fields knocked out in that one. But Minnesota, as Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings will tell you, incapable of having a normal season ever, apparently. No. Um, they They win. But Justin Jefferson now on IR reports around Kirk Cousins and potential trades there say he's not going anywhere, but calling some other players. They might be open for business. Luke, what do you make of where the Vikings sit right now? They got their second win. That is uh, an important thing for a lot of reasons, but what's going on in Minnesota right now?
2: Yeah. Quacey Foments is always listening. Um, So when I see reports like that, they don't really change anything for me. He's always, you can always call quit. He's a trader. Like, yeah, that's what he does. That's what he did on Wall Street. It's what he does here. So they'll always listen. Um, whether or not things will happen, I think requires extraordinary circumstances was the to report. I think that's a good way to put it for cousins. That's, you know, another Jets situation, but on a good team, um, it's like a contending team loses their quarterback, that kind of thing. Jalen hurts goes down that kind of deal uh, that then we we. Maybe think about it, but otherwise that won't happen. And the trade deadline's in two weeks anyways. So we're kind of running out of time on all these fronts. But hey, man, two and four with 49ers coming, then maybe they will be two and five. But then if you look at the schedule, it's um, Broncos, it's Raiders, it's Packers, it's another Bears game. The, the, the middle part of the schedule is where if the Vikings are going to go on a run, they will, but they got to play better than they played on this Sunday. I mean, this, this was a horrific game. This is not something that I th- and the Vikings don't feel very good about it the way that they've talked about it after the game. They're like, yeah, we made a whole bunch of mistakes. Happy to get the win, but wow, we got work to do. I think that's the right attitude. That
1: does. And and anyone listens to Locked on Vikings has has heard from you um, that this is a team that is is trying to rework what's going on in Minnesota. They want to be competitive, but they also have been quietly for the last year, maybe two maybe not so quietly again, if they've been listening to locked on Vikings, trying to remake this roster at what point is it? All right. Justin Jefferson, not going to come back because part of the reporting is, well, maybe if their contract is not right, Justin Jefferson would just be done this year.
2: In That's, Minnesota. Yeah. That report feels really overblown, like really uh, grasping at straws by someone's agent, I think, or somebody trying to open up somebody trying to, to Brandon bean this and open up trade things. Cause I, I don't buy it at all. Justin Jefferson will not miss a football game that he is not literally like forbidden from entering. I think he might've gone out on soldier field if, if he could, <laughs> even though he's on IR, he might've just said, F the rules I'm suiting up. He's that kind of competitor. Um, and, and if you think about like the, the three year sort of rebuild, um, the phrase quasi uses his time horizon, which is very funny, but the three year plan, well, look at what they've got now. They've got a first-round receiver, Jordan Addison. They've got a superstar, Justin Jefferson. They have an offensive line that's been built up, and, and the only guy that is left needing to be locked down is um, Christian Darison. Maybe they'll they'll keep Ezra Cleveland. But they've got you know an offensive line at least mostly work together. This is a great spot for a young quarterback next year. Mm. Do you think they maybe plan on bringing one in? Um, th- that's what they, they've been really building here. And the defense, they built one thing last year. They abandoned that. And now they're building a new thing. So that's probably <laughs> going to take a little longer. Um, and, I, I, But hey, the defense did great against Justin Fields. So there's something working out there, a lot of disruption. Um, but that's that's the plan, is we want to be a good destination for a quarterback. We don't want him to get in and have what happened to Justin Fields in Chicago, which we kind of saw the results of that for uh, until he went out. Same habits getting exacerbated because you had to spend two years under pressure, you know.
1: What is briefly here? What what is the future then of Kirk Cousins? Could they be in a situation where in order to not let him leave for nothing, they want to franchise tag him if he wants to leave in the like what what are the options here? I,
2: I don't think that they would franchise tag him. I don't think that they have any qualms about letting him walk, especially with the way that he's played so far. I think he would have to play at a Super Bowl level, and we're not sniffing that. Um that said they've left that door open and right now in the building the plan is okay we'll talk about this in february you know well let's do the season and then we'll talk about it but i if i had to guess i would guess he walks and it's a bidding war
1: stay up to date on the minnesota vikings by subscribing to locked on sports today and locked on vikings on your favorite podcast app and on youtube coming up the jets decided to hand the eagles
3: their first loss
1: You know we had a day in the NFL when Zach Wilson and the Jets down their two starting corners went in and beat the defending NFC champions and it wasn't even the biggest upset of the day somehow. The Jets stunned the Eagles in a 20 to 14 I, I guess we're going to call it a thriller. Locked on Jets host John Butchko joins me now and and John this this New York team should not have had a chance. In this game, they were heavy underdogs in this game, and yet they found a way to win. What did this game tell you about this New York team?
4: You know, I don't think that this recipe is sustainable to win a lot of games. I I don't think the Jets got enough out of their offense. Um, I don't think you're getting four turnovers, no matter how good the defense is. And look, you got to give the Jets defense a lot of credit because, as you mentioned, they were down Sauce Gardner. They're down DJ Reed. They're down their two best corners, and the corner is probably the biggest strength of this team. Uh, I, the way I look at it is in the NFL, sometimes a couple of plays here or there can make or break yeah. your season. I've certainly seen this on the other end where there's jet seasons that have fallen apart. You know, like maybe there's one play like in a game in October and they don't make it and they lose a game and it just kind of sends them into a tailspin from which they never recover. As I was watching this game, I said in the fourth quarter, as, when the Jets were behind, it looked like they were going to lose. Man, this is going to be a loss you look back on and say maybe this is the thing that sets you back. Well, it's the opposite. And now, the Jets are three and three. And you know, even before the start of the season, this first six games looked like the toughest stretch on the schedule. Even when oh. we thought Aaron Rodgers was going to be the quarterback, the general consensus was, you know, if the Jets can make it through three and three, this schedule really starts to open up. And that, if you look at the remaining teams on the schedule, that really has played out. So. You know, I don't know that this is necessarily going to be the formula for the Jets. They got to get more out of their offense. But look, this game was in front of them to be taken and they took it. And it doesn't matter how you get the win. This win will be on the standings for the rest of the season. And now they've beaten Buffalo and Philadelphia these first six weeks. Uh, so I think you got to be happy with how
1: with how this turned out. Yeah, when, when you first started talking about sustainability, I knew the butt was coming. But the whole time in my head, I'm going. Who cares? You know, like in a, in a lot of ways it doesn't matter if this is sustainable because you're you're all in this season. I know I know they lost Aaron Rodgers, but you're still trying to maximize this season. You don't want to have to have those conversations should they trade multiple picks to go try and get a Kirk Cousins? It it is worth saying. They beat the Bills and the Eagles, probably two of the four best teams in the league, and Zach Wilson played all of both of those games, in essence. And so is it time to recalibrate what our expectations are of a Zach Wilson-led team? Because although Zach wasn't great in this game, he also didn't kill them in this game and made a couple key throws when they needed him to.
4: Yeah, look, there's no question. Zach Wilson is a better quarterback this year than he was last year. Last year, we saw a quarterback who, I, there were times I don't think Zach Wilson could get to his first read a year ago. Mm. He could do that this year, and he could sometimes get to his second read. He's a raw quarterback. I mean, look, is he at a point where you feel good about him starting games? You know, maybe not. But Jets just have a Jets have a really good defense. Brees Hall looks like a star running back. I mean, in, even in a bad game, even if right, by his standards, it was not a great game. He still put up 90 yards from scrimmage. Garrett Wilson is a number one receiver. And this defense, I mean, uh, the Eagles left some plays on the field. But this defense went out there without, again, without their two best corners and you know, gave the Eagles, a lot of problems. So I think the thing you have to remember when we talk about playoff teams, you know, and I hear people talk about this all the time. They say, oh, well, the Jets have holes here and there, here and there. And, you know, they, they say, but you have to remember that to make the playoffs in the NFL these days, you just have to be the seventh best team in your conference. You have to be like slightly above average. You don't need to be a perfect team. And I think with the schedule, a lot of times it comes down to the schedule. A lot of the times it comes down to injury luck. And the Jets obviously have had their share of bad injury luck with, Losing their starting quarterback four plays into the season. But I look at this and I say, why can't the Jets make the playoffs right now?
1: Stay up to date all year on the New York Jets by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Jets on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. And finally, the entirety of the top four in the AP college football poll remained the same with Georgia, leading Michigan, Ohio State, and Florida State. Number five is the big change, though. The Washington Huskies will spend the week with their highest ranking in six years. After beating Oregon, Washington jumped over Penn State and Oklahoma to the fifth spot. Considering how done the Pac-12 is, it's crazy to see how good one of its current member institutions is playing right now. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up on tomorrow's Locked On Sports today, who will win in the battle of Dak versus Herbert. So at least until tomorrow. Stay locked on sports
2: today.